Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to I'm Not Crazy, the podcast that looks into conspiracies, true crime, and other crap. Cameron Jones here, along with my co-host, Nicole. So we just did an episode on Titanic for cult classics, Mm -hmm. and Mark, one of my co-hosts, brought up the Titanic conspiracy. Have you heard of any of these Titanic conspiracies? Probably. Okay, so there are a few. There's there's the big one that's been on social media a lot recently, and that's the main one we're going to touch on, but... First, I thought I'd give us a little bit of an overview of the Titanic itself, the voyage, and then we'll look into some of these conspiracies to see if you think any of them are likely. So basically the movie? Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you are somehow unaware, the Titanic was a British luxury passenger ship that set sail on April 10th, 1912. It was traveling from Southampton, England to New York City. Nicknamed the Millionaire Special, the ship was fittingly captained by Edward J. Smith, who was known as the Millionaire's Captain because of his popularity with wealthy passengers. Ironically, the ship was said to be unsinkable, mostly a comment on the ship's size and luxury rather than any safety measures as the ship famously did not have enough lifeboats for everyone aboard when she set sail. Mm -hmm. So following her prestigious launch in front of a crowd of about 100,000 spectators, the Titanic began her maiden journey. First collecting passengers before beginning their trip to America. Is this your mouth not working or is this the way you wrote? The way that I wrote it is bad. The ship held 2,240 passengers and crew on board. Four days into what should have been a seven-day trip, the ship struck an iceberg, tearing open the side of the ship and dooming more than 1,500 people aboard. So there's no question that the ship sank and many people lost their lives. Mm -hmm. But since the start of the tragedy, there have been conspiracies and speculation on what occurred that night to bring the unsinkable ship to the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. To get a better picture of these conspiracies, we will also need to take a closer look at the timeline of the Titanic starting from like conception to sinkage. This won't this will be kind of quick. So 1898, 14 years before the tragedy, American author Morgan Robertson's novel Futility is published, in which a British liner named Titan on her mort- on her maiden voyage in April strikes an iceberg in the North Atlantic, resulting in a loss of passenger and crew. So that's just a little weird foreshadowing that a famous book came out years before this that essentially depicted the events that ended up happening, kind of. Mm -hmm. April 30th, 1907. The idea to build the Titanic, as well as the sister ships, the Olympic and the Britannic, is conceived over dinner between J. Bruce Ismay and William James Pierre at Lord Pierre's London Mansion House. The intent was to construct a class of ships that would compete with the Cunard Line for luxury passenger trade upon the Atlantic. Okay. So let's see. July of 1908, the designs of the Titanic and her sister ship are agreed upon. Uh, in May of 1911, uh, witnessed by 100,000 spectators, the Titanic's hull is successfully launched into the water. And uh, June of 1911, the Olympic commences her maiden voyage. So the Olympic, under the charge of the future Titanic captain, Edward J. Smith, collides with the Royal Navy cruiser Hawk, causing significant structural damage. So completion of the Titanic is delayed while materials and manpower are diverted to repair uh, the Olympic after its maiden voyage. Hmm. October 1911, the official date for the maiden voyage of the Titanic is announced, but this has to get pushed back because of the construction of uh, the Olympics. So even though they did that, it didn't really matter. So March 1912, the construction of the Titanic Titanic is completed 10 months after the initial launch of the hole into the water. April 2nd, 1912, at 8 p.m., the Titanic sets sail from Belfast for Southampton. Now let's get into the actual ship journey. Okay. This will be quick and then we'll move on. April 11th, Titanic reaches Queensland, Ireland. This is the last uh, people we're picking up. Mm-hmm. The Titanic on the April 13th sails through calm waters. April 14th, this is the day of the sinking. Yeah. Throughout the day, seven iceberg warnings were received. 
At 11.40 p.m., lookout Frederick Fleet spotted an iceberg dead ahead. The iceberg struck the Titanic on the starboard right side of her bow. At 11.50 p.m., water poured in and rose 14 feet in the front part of the ship. Mm-hmm. 12 a.m., the captain was told the ship can only stay afloat for a couple of hours. He gave the order to call for help over the radio. 12.05, the orders were given to uncover the lifeboats and get passengers and crew ready on the deck. There was only room in the lifeboat for half of the estimated 2,227 on board. 1225, lifeboats are, uh, begin loaded with Wait, women. Wait, it was only 2,227 on board? Yeah, but I think I had a different statistic up there. I well, 1,500 was... died, roughly. Okay. Um, so the lifeboats begin go- loading at 1225. 1245, the first lifeboat was f- safely lowered away. So they were loading in the lifeboats. It took a whole thir- like, oh, it took like 20 minutes, I guess, uh, to actually get the lifeboats down. Uh, they could carry 65, but many left with only about 28 on board. They were not filling them to capacity, as we know from the movie. Right. 205, the last lifeboat left the ship. There were now over 1,500 people left aboard. Uh, this is also when the tilt of the Titanic grew much steeper. Mm-hmm. 217, the last radio message was sent out. The captain announced every man for himself. 220, the Titanic's broken off stern settled back into the water. Okay, so let's see. Let's skip ahead. 330, the Carpathia rockets were spotted for, for the survivors. Four, the lifeboats were picked up. 8 a.m., the Carpathia uh, at 8.50 had all 750 or 705 survivors that they ended up find, finding aboard by that point. So technically it took like how many hours for it to sink altogether? Uh, was it like a, in a span of like three. five? It's about oh, three, three hours. Mm-hmm. Oh. A little over three. Uh, for some reason I thought five. On April 25th, there's an American inquiry into the disaster to find out what happened. Right. Several ships were sent to the disaster site to recover bodies. A total of 328 bodies were found floating in the area. So, uh, just to give you a little idea of the number of survivors, 31% of the people aboard uh, survived the sinking. The total percentage who could have survived would be, would have been 53. 492 of the Titanic passengers survived. 20% of the male passengers survived. 75% of the female passengers survived. 24% of the crew members survived. Uh, 22% of the male crew, and then 87 were female crew. So that is what we knew, know of the true story of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to get into some, some conspiracies? Yeah. So this is the most famous one, and this is the one that's all over TikTok and different things right now. Mm-hmm. It was an inside job to collect the insurance money. Conspiracy theorist Robin Gardner has theorized that the Titanic didn't sink. Instead, its sister ship, RMS Olympic, was disguised as the Titanic in an insurance scam by the owners, the International Mercantile Marine Group, controlled by American banker J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. People disagree with Gardner, pointing out that the Titanic's construction materials bore the number 401, and the Olympics parks were stamped 400, and only materials numbered 401 have ever been pull, uh, pulled from the wreckage. So that seems pretty mm-hmm. debunked right there. But there is more leading into this. So Gardner draws on several events and coincidences that occurred in the months and days and hours leading up to the sinking and concludes that the ship that sank, in fact, was the Titanic's sister ship. Researcher Bruce Beveridge. Well, that's fun. Bruce Beveridge. <laughs> Bruce Beveridge. Is that real? I think so. Okay. And Steve Hall took issue with many of these claims in the book Olympic and the Titanic, the truth behind the conspiracy. British historian Gareth Russell calls the theory so painfully ridiculous that one can only lament the thousands of trees which lost their lives to provide paper on which it can be articulated. 
He notes that, since the sister ships had significant interior architectural and design differences, switching them secretly in a week would be nearly impossible from a practical standpoint. A switch would also not be economically worthwhile, since the ship's owners could have simply damaged the ship while in dock, for instance, setting it on fire before everyone's on it mm -hmm. and not killing everybody, uh, and collecting the insurance money from an accident that would have been far less severe. So that's kind of the main thing. It's an interesting idea. So this is conspiracy, like I said, that you see a lot on social media. And people love citing the porthole numbers and also the material numbers. So the 401 and the 400 for the stamped materials. But also, have you heard the porthole thing? Porthole thing. Okay. So the Titanic had 14 bow portholes. Okay. The Olympic had 16 bow portholes. From the first time the Titanic launched in May 1911, when we first see pictures of the ship... There were 14. Wasn't the Titanic supposed to be bigger than the Olympian? Yeah, but they were like the same. It might have been like a little bit bigger, but they were pretty much identical. Okay. Uh, so the Titanic initially, when it was launched with those pictures for like the hall and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, had 14 bow portholes. Uh, but the, the Titanic underwent 11 months of outfitting. Uh, and also uh, the Olympic had already gone on its maiden voyage and then had to get fixed up. So mm -hmm. during that 11 months, they just made alterations to it to match the ship more accurately. So when all those other pictures appeared, it had 16 portholes. The windows were spaced a little differently on some levels. So that's like a main thing that people like to point out, to say it was a switch switcheroo on the ships that it grew windows, but they literally made alterations and changed it. It's been proven. So... That would dismiss this switcheroo. Switcheroo. So it probably wasn't an insurance scam because that's pretty far-fetched. Mm -hmm. The Titanic sinking was part of an elaborate murder plot. Murder plot? So this goes around the same thing. If not for an insurance scare, some people still like to blame J.P. Morgan for the sinking anyway. Great. They claim that the banker arranged an elaborate murder, which also killed a ton of people on board. <laughs> As the theory goes, Morgan wanted to create a U.S. Federal Reserve Bank which was opposed by his rivals, millionaires John Jacob Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Macy's Isidore Strauss. All three rivals were aboard the Titanic uh, and went down with the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, author J. Kent Layton finds the murder theory unworkable, however. There's no evidence that there's no evidence and no one has admitted to playing a role. Conceivably, anyone... Well, who's really going to admit to play a role? Yeah, that's not a good evidence, but conceivably, any or all three of them could have ended up surviving the disaster. So why bother? I would agree it seems pretty far-fetched, but just a little more on it. Morgan, nicknamed the Napoleon of Wall Street, had helped create General Electric, U.S. Steel, and International Har Harvester, and was credited with single-handedly saving the U.S. banking system during the Panic of 1907. Morgan did have a hand in the creation of the Federal Reserve, and only an international mercantile marine, which owned the White Star Line, and thus the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Morgan, who had attended the ship's launching in 1911, had booked a personal suite aboard the ship and his own private promenade deck and both equipped with specifically designed cigar holders. He cool. was reportedly booked on the ship's maiden voyage, but instead canceled the trip and remained at a French resort to enjoy his morning sausages and sulfur baths. Uh, his allegedly last-minute cancellation has fueled speculation among conspiracy theorists that he knew of the ship's fate. Mm -hmm. uh, this, theory, this theory has been refuted by Titanic expert George Behe, Don Lynch, and Ray Lepian, who have each provided alter alternate, more widely accepted theories as to why Morgan chose to cancel his trip. So 
that's he kind just of, wanted to enjoy his sausage and sulfur baths. Yeah, who doesn't want a eggy smell and sausage in the morning? That's what I'm all about. Yep. So the fact that famous people canceled uh, their tickets was a big thing playing into this conspiracy theory. They were major players. They were big bankers. Mm-hmm. They were founders, you know, of like early America. So here are other people who also canceled their plans and escaped disaster. Okay. Theodore Dresser. Dresser. The novelist, uh, then 40, considered returning from his European holiday aboard the Titanic. An English publisher talked him out of his plan, persuading the writer to take another ship that was ch- another ship that was cheaper. Saved his life. Hmm. Guglielmo Marconi. Guglielmo <laughs> Marconi. Okay. The Italian inventor, telegraphy pioneer, and winner of the 1909 Nobel Prize in physics was offered a free passage on the Titanic, but had taken the Lusitania three days earlier. As his daughter, Degna, later explained, he had paperwork to do and preferred the public stenographer aboard that vessel. Uh, so this is actually kind of interesting, though, because he was later grilled by Senate committees over allegations that the company, because he actually created the telegraph wireless system that was on the Titanic that sent out the distress signal. Oh, really? Yep. So uh, there was la- he later had to defend himself in court, saying that there might have been faulty issues with it and that was part of the disaster but uh he was cleared and uh he famously narrowly escaped another maritime disaster he was aboard the uh lusitania but before it was hit by a german u-boat in 1915 Hmm. milton snavely hershey the chocolatier himself whoa the man behind hershey's milk chocolate and hershey's kisses hershey's syrup yeah we get it hershey's um he planned to sail home in the titanic from france uh, the Hershey Community Archives has it in his collection, a $300 check Hershey wrote to the White Star Line December 1911, uh, believed to be a 10% deposit toward his stateroom. According to the archivist, Tammy L. Hamilton, fortunately for Hershey, business back home apparently intervened and he and his wife instead caught a ship that was sailing earlier, the German liner America. Okay, there's like... There's like 10 more, but the point is there were a lot of socialites who canceled their trips because they were busy guys and they also bought these tickets way in advance. Yeah. So it's not too crazy that he canceled last second. Here's a fun one. The Curse of the Mummy. Have you heard this one? No. The Titanic supposedly sank to its grave carrying a cursed mummy in its hold, and the tale has been around for a century. It seems that the mummified Egyptian prince also left a trail of devastation across England in the 1900s after being excavated and moved. Alas, Charles Haas of the Titanic International Society accessed the ship's cargo manifest in 1985, and there's no mummy aboard, cursed or otherwise. Hmm. But maybe they were sneaking it. Maybe it was a trade that wasn't too legal getting shipped. I don't know. But that'd be a fun movie idea. A German U-boat torpedoed the Titanic. Okay. Although World War I hadn't started yet, people speculate that a German U-boat could have attacked a British ship. Some survivors reported a vessel lurking miles away until the early morning. The sub may have deliberately targeted the luxury liner or possibly accidentally collided with it. Uh, so they think it's unlikely, though, because when the Lusitania was struck in 1915, it sank in 18 minutes and it took the Titanic almost three hours. Also, just the wreckage at the bottom of the ocean. I think there'd be proof, conclusive proof if there was yeah. an explosion. So that's not too likely. The sinking was a result of sabotage. Belfast shipbuilders builders Harland and Wolfe have been the focus of several conspiracy theories. Apparently, Catholic workers were horrified that the ship's hull number 390904 seemed to spell out no pope if read backwards. Get out of here. So they sabotaged the ship. 
No Pope. The trouble is, they switched it to 58008. Boobs. No, they didn't. Uh, the trouble is the Titanic was assigned to yard number 401 and her official board of trade de- designation was 1314208, not 490904. So that's all just make-believe. Also, it's uh, been proven that the company was almost exclusively staffed by Protestants and not Catholics. So that no, no one knows exactly where that came from. Mm-hmm. Substandard rivets, rivets were used to cut cost. Okay. Now, this is actually something I remember hearing all the time around uh, the, the Titanic movie, just went all these documentaries. Yeah. And it does seem that there is a little truth to this. So this is one that I've heard. Harlan and Wolf, also blamed for other things, mm-hmm. uh, for, they were blamed for using substandard materials to save money during construction, even though there was no limit on the budget to build the luxury liner. Supposedly, they used wrought iron rivets, mechanical fasteners instead of steel rivets. As there were three meter rivets in the Titanic's hull, the theory is that the lower grade standard rivets were brittle in cold temperatures and popped and popped off when the steamship hit the iceberg. Okay. Suspicion of the rivet failure has haunted the Titanic for a century, but they are still just that suspicions. But not true. I actually found some stuff online. Recently, two wrought iron rivets from the Titanic's hull were recently hauled up from the depths of uh, the ocean for scientific analysis, mm-hmm. and they were found to be riddled with unusually high concentration of slag making them brittle and prone to fracture. Two government investigations conducted immediately after the disaster agreed it was an iceberg and not any weakness of the ship itself that caused the Titanic to sink. Both inquiries concluded that the vessel had gone to the bottom intact, which we also know is true, and there were also many reports of it splitting half by witnesses, but Mm -hmm. for some reason in the official report, it was intact at the bottom of the ocean, and it was put as uh they, yeah they, the the incident was actually blamed on deceased captain ej smith uh who was condemned for racing at 22 knots through a known ice-filled uh ocean in the dark waters so in the end they kind of just blamed the captain but called it an act of god mm-hmm. but there has been a lot of speculation over the years whether or not maybe the ship was a little faulty so uh for much of the 1990s scientists thought this brittle steel was uh responsible for the massive flooding so not just the rivets but the actual yeah. um, metal itself only recently uh they tested some bigger pieces of the ship disproving that the original piece that scientists discovered had been unusually weak so the first time they brought something up they chilled it and hit it and it shattered and they're like oh shit but they've done that to other portions of the ship and it seems like that was just one oddly weak section mm-hmm so not because of a cost, but mostly because of time pressure, they started using lower quality materials to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. The substandard iron was pounded by hand into the ship's bow and stern, where the large machines required to pound in steel rivets didn't fit. So they were using weaker steel. They weren't using the machines. They were doing it by hand. So it does actually kind of seem like the rivets were part of the problem. If it would have hit head on, it probably would have stayed afloat, like we said in the previous podcast. It's just the fact that those rivets were so weak cold wet cold water it seems like that was kind of the problem Mm. uh another one the captain's the titanic's captain was under pressure to create a new speed record was captain edward smith pressured to set a new speed record crossing the atlantic there's no evidence that his boss white star liner ceo joseph ismay piled on pressure but the movie definitely gives that vibe Mm -hmm. um it's it's unlikely, but a theory. I mean, it's just they're they're kind of saying like, is it it was it his fault? Like, if they would have slowed down not to make a record, but this it's not like a conspiracy. Yeah, it's just kind of part of what happened. If you ask me, the official inquiries were a Freemason whitewash. <laughs> there are a lot of theories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we're getting into the crazy weeds here. 
An American investigation held in 1912 found that the sinking of the Titanic was an act of God, which in legal terms means a natural hazard outside of human control. The British inquiry found that the Titanic disaster was caused by a collision with an iceberg brought about by the excessive speed at which the ship was being navigated. The British also decided that there were no truth to the allegations that the third-class passengers were locked below the decks. Apparently, there was a rumor right afterwards that they left the third-class passengers locked below. Mm-hmm. Um, neither inquiry blamed the Titanic owner for neg- negligence. However, leading theories that the government inquiries were a whitewash orchestrated by the Freemasons. Essentially, a few years ago, there was a list put out about Freemason members. Mm-hmm. And it's a secret society, which maybe we'll touch on someday. Right. But like, it was a bunch of the, the judge for the inquiry was on this. A bunch of lo- a lot of high, high people who were in the inquiry were all Freemasons. So mm. that's it. And they might have done a little cover up. We'll see. Because now we're going to look at the coal fire. Okay. The coal fire theory is one of the more interesting ideas. Robert Hessenhigh, an Ohio State University engineer, is of the opinion that a pile of stored coal could have been smoldering, so it was added to the furnace to reduce the fire danger. That, in turn, led to unsafe speeds as the Titanic raced through the iceberg-filled ocean. Even if the theory is correct, and the Titanic set off from Southampton with one of its bunkers ablaze, would fire be a game-changer? It is my personal opinion that it didn't make a difference, the former Secretary of British Titanic Society, David Hill. Mm-hmm. So a fire began in one of the Titanic's coal bunkers approximately 10 days prior to the ship's departure. It continued to burn for several days into the voyage. Fires occurred frequently on board steamships due to spontaneous combustion of the coal. The fire had to be extinguished with fire hoses or moved, or you have to move the coal to another bunker or just straight into the furnace to, you know, get out the supply. This event has led some authors to theorize that the fire exacerbated the effects of the iceberg collision by reducing the structural integrity of the hull and, and the critical bulkhead. So it would be a mixture. So this is where we're going to go into our final theory here. And it's the perfect storm. Essentially, it's a little bit of all that. Okay. So they did a little bit of shoddy construction. And there was some... Which I could believe. There were weak rivets. Mm-hmm. There was a coal fire, which... Maybe they didn't exactly get under control, so the expanding heat, the freezing waters made Which it would make the, uh, for a stress fra- yeah. fracture, fracture, stress fracture. And then also the same thing with maybe there was a bit of a cover-up from the Freemasons because there were a lot of important, rich people aboard. Mm-hmm. And if it was a little bit negligent on their part, there was a fire, they were going too fast, there'd be a huge lawsuit and a huge payout. So it kind of does seem like there were a lot of things at play, but I don't think J.P. Morgan was trying to assassinate people or just start the federal reserve. I don't think so either. That's the famous one you always hear, but it it does just seem like they kind of cut some corners working fast in construction. And the coal fire seems to be a pretty big leading cause also. Yeah. What do you think? Where where, where do you land on these conspiracies? No, I agree. You don't believe in J.P. Morgan getting in on this? No. I think he just wanted to enjoy his summer sausage and his sulfur baths. Let him enjoy his vacation. Who doesn't? So I just wanted to give everybody a little quick overview of the Titanic and some of the conspiracies out there. But I think uh, I have concludedly proven that it's a coal fire and bad rivets. <laughs> yeah, it's it's evident that you proved it. But I didn't. I really didn't expect as many theories as there were. Yeah, well, well some maybe of them are I just, should have ex- anticipated. But some I of them know. are just kind of crazy. Whatever is not even theories as much as like this is a fact. But whatever. Thanks for checking out our episode on the Titanic conspiracy. If you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app rate and review if you want more content check out the whole majestic jam network urban hermit cult classics and until then we'll check you on the next one bye